Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you are impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. All right, this morning, church, why don't you open your Bibles to the second book of Timothy, the second letter of Timothy, chapter 2, which we heard read this morning already. When the Apostle Paul wrote his letters to Timothy at the, at the church of Ephesus, he was addressing many things. Some of them were for Timothy himself, and some of them for, were for the church at Ephesus. In the church, it was, it, it was about removing false doctrine. It was about safeguarding public worship from becoming selfish. It was about developing mature leaders. And for Timothy, it was about dealing with his youthfulness, not despising his youthfulness. It was about, it was about dealing with his motives and it was about helping him discover who are the right people to let teach him and who are the right people to, to listen to. So we pick it up this morning in 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. He says this, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Amazing words. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If I were to give a title to this message, that would be it. To be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. For all of us, we're, we're in the work of God wherever we are. We're, all, we're, we're in the work of God and being in the work of God requires us to stir ourselves to do it. It requires us to strengthen ourselves. Earlier in, 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 in the epistle of Timothy, the apostle Paul ch- challenges him to stir up the gift that he received through the laying out of hands of the elders. And as our challenges increase, we need to grow stronger in our faith, stronger in our resolve, stronger in our love towards God and Jesus. The other way of looking at this is to not put too much confidence in your capacity. To be strong in the grace that is in Christ is to not focus on the strength that is in you or the capacity that is in you. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, lean not on your own understanding. I love it when the, the greatest example I think of this, uh, when I think about it, is, is, um, is the disciple Peter when... Um, he says to Jesus, I would rather die than deny you. And then five minutes later, he denies Jesus three times. And I wonder, I wonder if, if his strength had been in the grace that was in Jesus Christ, whether he would have followed through on that promise a little more easily than he, than he so easily stumbled. Verse 2, he moves on to discipling for maturity, for leadership. And Timothy's asked to instruct others and train them up for ministry. It says this in verse 2, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Some great advice for us to see who we have as ministers and teachers in our own lives. Because there's a lot of people out there who have, who have an amazing ability. We're drawn to people's gifts, to their ability, to their speaking prowess, to their, to their amazing intellect. But he's challenged on two levels, isn't he? The first thing he's challenged on is faithful men. Faithful men who will sincerely aim at the glory of God, the honour of Christ, the welfare of souls and the advancement of God's kingdom. And then the second one is their ministry ability. You need people who, who, 
must not only know the subject of the Word of God themselves, but they must always be able to deliver it as well. There's many good-intentioned, faithful people out there who are slightly ungifted and unprepared for, to, to deliver the message that God's put on their heart. And then there's some amazingly talented, gifted people whose faith is, is um, whose integrity and faith is, is at best questionable. So God gives us this two-pronged question, doesn't he? When we're looking at ministers, when we're looking at people to listen to and absorb from, when we're looking at delivering things ourselves, we can put ourselves through the faith test and through the delivery test. Have we done the hard yards to, 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 to gain the skills in delivering the word that God has put on our heart? And are we faithful? Are we loyal? Are we building God's kingdom? We must seek both or we'll be vulnerable to the weakness, not only in ourselves, but in the others. Then he goes on and he asks to pass on the things which he'd heard from Paul. Let me just ask you this question this morning. What are we passing on and where did we hear it? What are we passing on to people and where did we hear it? And where we heard it, was it from someone who was faithful? Was it from someone who had the ability to teach? Verse 3 goes on and he says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We are soldiers of Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing to call ourselves. What an amazing um, thing to consider. You know, we don't look at ourselves as soldiers. I don't get out of bed every day thinking that I'm a soldier. Yet, yet here we are challenged in the book of Timothy that we are soldiers of Christ. I like, here's the thing that I like about that concept. I don't like the idea of, of um, shooting people or doing anything like that. But I love what a soldier represents, you know, is, is that they fight in their leader's name for their leader's cause and against their leader's enemies. Sometimes we get caught inviting God to fight for us in our battles, yet we are called his soldiers and we're called to, to fight his enemy on his behalf, in his name, for his glory and his magnificence. It's an interesting consideration, isn't it? It goes on in four, we must not entangle ourselves in the affairs of this world. This is no simple request really, is it? Because here we are, we live in this world each and every day. We've got friends, we've got family, we've got, we've got cars to drive, we've got jobs to do, we've got meals to cook, we've got things to engage in. We've got, we're, we're trying to expand our, our, our territory, create an inheritance for our children's children. We have to participate in day-to-day life. And it's very difficult to not become entangled in the day-to-day life while you're in the middle of it. So we have to participate. We have to work here. However, we've got to figure out a way, church, of not entangling ourselves in the affairs, of not getting caught up in the things that disrupt everybody else's world. How do we do it? Here's the thing. Our intention needs to be so focused on him that it's not diverted away from the plan of God. Life tends to want to divert you away from what God's up to. 
things come up in your world, challenges happen, crises happen, you know, your money goes up, your money goes down, your relationships are good, your relationships are weak. Sometimes we get so distracted and entangled in the positive and in the negative of the affairs of the world that we get distracted from the plan of God, the calling of God, the vocation of God, the business of God, the hope of God. You know, we know that great scripture that Christian reminded us of a few weeks ago. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. You know, we, we must be present. Jesus prays in John 17 about living in the world, but not being of the world. He gives us that. He, he, when he prays for us, he prays for the disciples. He prays that over them. And, and it's the same for us today. We need to make sure that in society that we're hardworking, that we, that we have a good reputation amongst the people of this world. And we, we, we are good representatives of our Father in heaven as we serve humanity. But we don't serve humanity so much to the point where we want everything that humanity has got. If you're a soldier of, 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 of the government of Australia and you're on a peacekeeping mission to Afghanistan or to Iraq or to, to, to some other country, when you're in that country, you need to learn the language of the people. You need to communicate with them. You need to do trade with them. You need to buy food from them. You need to speak well to them. But you need to never forget who you're there representing. You need to never forget that the, that the call and the mission on your life is set by your government back home, not by the one that you live in. Why do we do these things? That we may please him who enlisted us to be soldiers. So the way we please God, amazing. We may please him who enlisted us to be soldiers. So the way that we please God is found when we're not entangled in the affairs of life. Isn't it amazing? Pleasing God is very simple. Don't get entangled in the things of the world and you will please God. Why? Because your attention belongs to him first. How? Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 5, and if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. In doing good, we must take care that, that we do it in a righteous manner. That our good may not be spoken evil of. You know, we've, we've, we're all part of the church here. And if you look back over the centuries of the church you know, the reputation has ebbed and flowed, hasn't it? We've done some good things. We've done some horrific things. The reputation hasn't been amazing because sometimes we've lost focus. Sometimes we haven't operated according to the rules. Sometimes we've got too busy building our organisation and forgetting that our organisation is in service of God's kingdom. We don't want to become successful in a human sense and then lose our own soul. How do we do it? We do it by first being strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, the hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. You know, the Bible calls you a living epistle. You are a letter of God to humanity. That's what your life is. 
And how do we become this living epistle? We become this living epistle by first, like the farmer, laboring in God's word. We labor in his word. We endure the challenges and the hardships of life. And then we deliver that word to others. It says this, the hardworking farmer must first be first to partake of the crops. It's important first that the things that we declare to people are, have already been invested in our own lives. When I read the scriptures and declare them to you and I haven't applied them to my own life, then I'm in deep strife. There's too much, there's too much um, secondhand preaching going on around the world, I believe, at the moment where, we're, where we are we're declaring what someone else has said instead of declaring what we've experienced when we've applied the word of God to our own lives. You know, as a, as a regular communicator of God's word, I've discovered that if I haven't applied what I'm teaching to my life, uh, it gets applied very quickly after I've taught it. I get tested. And it's, let me tell you, it's always better to be tested before you deliver the truth than after you deliver it because uh, the lesson is always a lot harder in hindsight than when you don't see it coming. Verse 7 says this, Consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. One of the things that's very important, this is great wisdom right here, great wisdom church. Consider what people say, but seek understanding from the Lord. It's important that we hear from wise people. It's important that when we, that when we, we, we have challenges in our lives, that when we're growing in our lives, that we, we listen to wise people and we consider what they say, but then we seek wisdom and counsel from the Lord. Because we don't want to just get caught in the opinions of man and in the stories of man, we want to get caught in the understanding that can only come through the revelation and illumination of the Holy Spirit. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It is God who gives understanding. The most intelligent man needs more than his gift. Let me tell you this, intelligent people. Your intelligence is not enough. It's not enough. It's great for consideration, but it's not enough for understanding. Because sometimes your intelligence does not have all the information. Sometimes the truth that you need has not been discovered yet. Sometimes the hope that you're looking for is not found in a book that you can read, in a, in a conversation that you can have. It's found in an understanding that can only be given to you after consideration of, of God and who he is. And then he can bring you some understanding. So consideration is a great tool. In fact, consideration is the pathway to understanding. Apostle Paul says, Consider what I have said, but may the Lord bring you understanding. Verse 8, Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. There's something to consider, church. 
consider what Jesus walked through. Consider what Paul walked through. Consider what Paul suffered. Consider how he was treated, a good man who was treated as evil. Consider that and it will lead to faith. And particularly it will encourage you in your endurance. Endurance is such an important thing in the Christian life, isn't it? When, you know, when, when we're confronted with new situations, sometimes you're confronted with so much encouragement and praise around your gift and around your talent, around, around your capacity, that you need to be able to endure the praise. Sometimes you're just walking through some of the most difficult things in life, financially, relationally, situationally. You need to endure those things for a season. Enduring praise is difficult because sometimes you can think, yes, that's right. I can do it all. Remember what happened to the disciple Peter when he said to Jesus, I will die before I deny you. Sometimes we need to be careful of praise. And what, what, what do we do? How do we do that? We become strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How do we do that? By considering the life of our Lord. By considering the cross. This is a very important reason that we take communion each Sunday. Because we need to consider the cross regularly. We need to consider the endurance of Christ regularly. Because what it does is it frames the every day of our life. Frames the challenges. Frames the highs. It frames the lows. It frames the mediocre days. We look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider the incarnation of Jesus. Consider the resurrection of Jesus. God becoming man, dying, raising from the dead, and ascending into heaven. Take some time to consider that church. Allow that to, to resonate in your soul and in your spirit. Let it build faith in you. Let it build courage in you. Let it build hope in you. Paul was a man who did good, yet suffered as an evildoer, as we said. But he found comfort in something, didn't he? He found comfort in the fact that the word of God was not bound. He may have been in chains, but the Word of God was never in chains. The Word of God was never bound. It is always free. It is always true. It is always hopeful. It is always full of substance. There is nothing that any man can do, that any person can do, that can bind up the truth of the gospel because it resides in our hearts. It's why, you know, the, the, Jesus says, you know, we need to eat his flesh and drink his blood. He says crazy things like that because he, want, he says, why is that? Because he is the word and he wants the word to reside in us. He wants it to be what sustains us. He compares himself to food because he wants his life, his story, his eternity to sustain us in all that we do. It's a hard truth. And that's why our consideration of eternal life is so important. You know, we know, we know so well that life can ebb and flow and it's out, it can be out of our control, it can be in our control. 
We love to make sure that all of our ducks are in a row, that everything's organised, that everything's measured, that everything's saved. They've got the right money and the right accounts and all the things are happy, but in a one foul swoop, things can be taken from us, can't they? Not everything. Not everything can be taken from us. Nothing can rob us of the peace that is found in eternal life. Are you ready? God is glorified and seen by others more in my obedience than in my success. Being successful is great, but nothing shows the glory and the hope and the substance of God more than your obedience. The question is, what's God asking you to do right now? You know, the Holy Spirit is... It's got another name, and the name is the Comforter. What is God asking you right now to do that's going to need some comfort of the Holy Spirit? Verse 10, Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul uses Jesus' life to show us that after the salvation of our own souls, then we need to endure other things, endure further things so that others may also find Christ. For someone to be, to, 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 to be outside of the kingdom of God and then discover Christ is the great call on each of us. This salvation is in Christ Jesus, in him. He is the purchaser. He is the giver of it. Paul endures all things for the sake of the elect, for those who are already saved and those who are being saved. And he leaves us with this amazing statement. Verse 11. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Church, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Great is the mystery of our faith. Jesus has died, Jesus is risen. Jesus will come again. We are brothers and sisters through his blood. We have died together. We will rise together. And we will live together. Amen. Thanks, church. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.